Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another uh, Motor Tapu uh, podcast. Richard Greer, here we go. We've turned in our shirts uh, from our coast-to-coast days, and we've pulled on a Motor Tapu one back, mate, to talk about this uh, phenomenal uh, mountain bike race and a multitude of running races, really, to be fair, through some absolute stunning central Otago scenery, mate. Absolutely. How good is it? Uh, I think when, uh, Jim has got the weather dialed in, just talking to her beforehand, so um, that'll help, obviously. So, yeah, ready to go. Looking forward to it. Uh, Monotepu Miners Trail, you've got uh, the Marathon Ultra Run, three epic run events, and then you've got the, the Mountain Bike Through the Valley, and then also the brand new Coronet Loop as well. So, lots of different ways to challenge yourself lots of different levels really doable to really challenging as well so a fantastic event and really looking forward to having a bit of chat of a chat today around but it gets some logistics we're going to talk to uh, maria who's going to be there or thereabouts in the coronet loop which is going to be pretty exciting mm. and we're also going to talk a whole lot about nutrition which is the 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 key discipline that you need to make sure you get right so then you can have your best day possible yeah, I think uh, all of those events need nutrition, right? Like everybody, mm-hmm. everybody needs to eat, but everybody's going to need to drink because it is, uh, you know, it's going to be bloody hot. It's still March, and it's going to be very, very, very hot in the valley. If, if the weather forecast continues like it is at the moment, mate, like it, it's going to be a scorcher. Yep, absolutely. So, and and what I really like about that is it it becomes a test of how well you look after yourself, opposed to like generally I'm not the fittest guy out there so <laughs> having a few other things I, to help I you wish to challenge that <laughs> well well if you yeah you might not be the fastest starting but if you can continue going at that same speed because you've looked after yourself early around your nutrition and your hydration then you're going to be able to be finishing at the same sort of rate so I really like a good a good honest day out in the sun bit of suffering involved and and uh hopefully some nice views as well that go with it yeah, actually, I was out on my mountain bike this, uh, this morning, actually, and just oh, cool. just about cool. ended up, I oh, know, right, like, who would have thought? Uh, odd thing for me to do, but uh, uh, was out there almost at peak heat time today in, in Canterbury yeah. here, yeah. and uh, just trying to get attuned back to riding a mountain bike on some trails, and had two bottles mm. of water, uh, you know, two bottles of drink with me, and and uh, I still had to make when I got down on the flat. I had to make a little emergency BP stop for a little for a little <laughs> coke, just to try and beat the heat, and uh, yeah, just cool the body off a bit for the last stage. Get me home. Well done, well done. Um, and that's an important point around, uh, I guess, your training now leading into race day. It's not very far away till race day as we as we record this podcast. So every session that you do now will actually have a direct effect on how you turn up on race day so if you're putting in super hard efforts which are really good but hard long efforts you'll still feel that effect down the track so it's a matter of simulating race day yes we're we're playing in that space but then we're also making sure that we are not tiring you out either so that's really key to just be a little bit of aware of around your training and sort of planning for a bit of that as well and get out there and train with uh with you know get out there and train with people i actually when i went out today I was actually all on my lonesome and I just sort of set off and was pretty low in motivation, to be fair, uh, yep. as I started going up Rapaki, actually. And then as I turned up the elevator trail, there's this lady in front of me and she was getting along quite well. I thought, oh, crikey, I better try and I better try and keep up here and and uh, chased her all the way up elevator around the Montgomery Spur and things and, and, and thought, man, actually... I wouldn't have done this if I I could just see me floundering, floundering that whole ride away, but actually ended up on the chase 
and uh, it was a pleasure to watch somebody riding a bike so well up and flowing down. And when we stopped, well, if it wasn't ex a uh, long time ago, CP coach Rita uh, getting out for a bit of a bit of a spin. It was it was uh, yeah nice to catch up, but uh, it showed me that actually oh all of a sudden my mindset right I'm good now I'm into this. Good, good, good. So did you sort of yell at her to stop or how did you manage to catch up to her? <laughs> well, she <laughs> stopped there. <laughs> I was making uh, some real efforts thinking that uh, I'm hoping she's going to stop because I'm not actually sure how long I can keep uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whether this is going to shorten my actual ride because uh, the longevity of it at this pace is probably not for me. But uh, uh, luckily she had other things to go and do. So I was able to just uh, back it off a wee bit again. And, oh, good and, job, good uh, job. Tactically. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Have some good tactics, and and I guess that's you getting organised for for race day, etc. As well, isn't it? Like that race plan, I think, is an important thing to be thinking about at the moment in regards to Modatapu. How are you actually going to pace yourself through your ride? How are you going to uh, go off the start line? Is it going to be fast as a lot of mountain bike races are, or generally running races are not so much about that. It's more about how you pace yourself through it, calming down early, knowing that I'm going to be finishing strong. So pacing is super key as well to be thinking about and and actively thinking about it now rather than sort of just going with the flow and then there's less likely that things will uh turn to custard on race day yeah and as we talk about nutrition shortly um it was a really good reminder for me who has been out of the racing for a while um and is pretty el casual in a bike ride nowadays <laughs> uh that actually Rita was actually you know, taking the opportunity multiple times around the bit that I followed her for to have a drink. And uh, it got me thinking, shit, I need to have a drink here. Like every time she did, I had, I had one as well. Whereas probably I would have just ground away type sort of thing. And and it uh, not only did that uh, obviously keep me hydrated, but it got me back in the practice of picking the spot to pull my bottle out and have a drink. And, yes, uh, and that practice of getting it back in while you're on a trail as well, which is actually, you know, like I had one little flounder mm -hmm. as I was trying to put it back in the back in the thing and, and I thought, oh, actually, this is actually really good practice, isn't it, for, the, for when the day comes? Good, good, good. So she obviously wasn't in too far in the distance. You could actually see her taking a bottle out. Um, oh, no, I was on her wheel. I, I, no, I was on her wheel. Well done. Well done, though. That's, that's good. Didn't need to go there. much faster, though, and I wasn't going to be on her wheel. But... <laughs> yeah, no, that's fantastic. No, well done. Well, without further ado, should we talk a bit of nutrition, do you reckon? Do you reckon it's time for that? Uh, get oh, stuck that... into these Modotapu. Yeah, we've got two perfect guests to talk nutrition, people that uh, you can absolutely 100% trust in. Uh, let's call on Conrad and, of course, Marewa. Welcome. Welcome to our Mototapu podcast. Hello. Good to be here. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Thanks for joining us, team. Um, let's uh, let's kick off with you, Marewa. Um, Pure has been a longtime partner of the Mototapu. What do you love most about the Mototapu event? Oh, that's actually a very easy question to answer because I think this event is something for everyone and it really drags in the families. And the, the best part about it, I think, is that finish line buzz mm. is so epic and everyone can do whatever event they want, whether they're running all day or they're just doing the minus, not just, it's quite steep, but the minus trial, whatever there is that you choose to do, there's something for everyone. So it's mm -hmm. a great family event that brings everyone together. Yeah, good. And you know, you mentioned that finish line. I think that's one of the things that it's one of the best events in the world or around New Zealand anyway for that finish line atmosphere, hanging out, out on the green, catching up with others, um, lots of good food vendors and things around and, and nice and social as well. So, yeah, 
Yeah. Wait, it's really hard to leave. It's yes, really hard yeah. to leave the finish line. And I think you just, you look up and you're like, wow, this is where else would I rather be? Yeah, Arrowtown yeah, so on a sunny day, hopefully. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so how will Pure help athletes to make it to the finish line? What have we got out on course? What's the, what's the plan from you guys? Yeah, cool. So we're just doing what we do, um, have so far done every year, which is our pure electrolyte hydration, which is our regular hydration. So 5% carbohydrates um, and electrolytes as well. So it's effectively a good all-round sports drink, which will be available um, at every aid station. Any particular flavour that we're going to be, or is that a bit of potluck, or is it a bit of mixture? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess super fruits or lemon. Watch your add to sort of event flavors, but um, yeah, don't ask. I'm probably actually the wrong person to ask for that. Super fruits. Okay, right, well, okay, <laughs> right. right. coming through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Um, and as you mentioned, five percent uh, sports drink. That's more on the hydration element of the end of a sports drink, rather than sort of being too too sugary. Yes. Yeah. So it won't provide you with your your fuel or your full fuel needs for each hour but it will hydrate you essentially so and Mm -hmm. if you were drinking the amount you should be drinking per hour you could get roughly half or just under depending Mm -hmm. on what your carbohydrate aims are so i think um as we were saying before this time of year can be extremely hot down there particularly that central otago heat the sun so there's quite a lot at play there so hydration will be really important and i think if athletes can really hone in on meeting their hydration aims by default they will be able to get quite a bit of their fuel in so mm, nice. so that's the reason why yeah. you go for like it like a, a sports drink generally said between five and eight percent of a of a um of a solution but you're gone at the lower end specifically pot because that hydration is the is the key thing that people need to make sure they keep themselves going if they're doing lots of gels and sugary stuff and food and things and then put a a, a high-end sugary drink on the end of that that can be too much sugar and dehydrate them more yeah and i guess we found um obviously carbs are good which is sugar mm. but when we found when we actually formulated it many many years ago we actually found the taste was so important for people wanting to drink it and drink more of it to mm. meet their hydration aim so that's why it's probably in the lower end because we found that the flavor profile was more um, attractive, I guess. So we're finding athletes were wanting to drink more because it tasted good. Whereas when you're actually going at it quite hard out on the bike or out running, your taste, you're more sensitive to taste. Mm. So yep. stuff can become less palatable. So we've really focused on making it something that's nice and easy to drink. So through that naturally people want to drink more and mm-hmm. hydrate which is mm. crazy <laughs> yeah no that's good and that's a good tip as well for others that are that are making their drink up the night before is have a drink of it and and you want it to, especially if it's going to be a hot day the next day is to make it up a little bit more dilute than maybe it tastes the night before is always a good thing so um that's good um conrad we're, we're speaking of heat hopefully we're not putting the hex on this event because of talking about heat so much but um but are there some things that we can do to help us prepare for the heat from a from a nutritional but also maybe a body perspective yeah i think the bigger oh look and you've nailed on the head like it could go either way especially down south uh we're yep. talking alpine here the wind bros swings around um i think we talked about coast before a few of few people know all about that down the, uh, the mm. finishing shoot but look when it comes to understanding i guess fluid requirements straight off the bat is 
important to understand. So a really simple thing that you can do, obviously, if you're okay with weighing yourself, um, weigh yourself before and after a training session, determine how much you're drinking and consuming and actually seeing how much you're losing. The goal is to stay within two, like to have less than 2% body weight loss. As soon as you're over that, your performance starts to decline. If you can stay within that sort of one, 1.5, that's a sweet spot. Um, so what you need to do is go out in different, I guess, uh, uh, like, uh, sorry, the temperature um, and exposure to the sun. And ideally, you want to be going out for more than two hours because most of these races are longer than two. They'll give you a good gauge on actually what your fluid requirements are. Uh, and then from there, you can start to piece together your race plan um, and build in, okay, how much fluid am I possibly going to need based on this race? And finding yourself a sweet spot in the middle is quite a good place to start. And then you can go sort of swing either way and troubleshoot on the run uh, as you need. So that's probably what you can start to do now, especially during training. Yeah, that's great advice because it's really good to understand just how much you sweat for yourself. You hear different numbers, but what are you actually doing? And and often it's probably more than most of us realize it is, isn't it? And, uh, and therefore we can emphasize that more because we know some numbers at the higher end and the lower end. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got clients that, uh, you know, we're ranging anywhere from sort of half a litre an hour right up to 1.8 litres an hour, wow. which is huge. Yep. And that's a huge mm -hmm. variant. So, you know, sitting here saying, what sh how much should I drink? It's You kind of need to map it out yourself. And also the temperature. And a lot of people find that when it's cold, they don't actually drink that much. But if you were to calculate your sweat requirements, because you're rugged up, you're probably actually sweating pretty similar once you get over that 20 degrees we're starting to see some sort of exponential increase there again it's case by case but even when it's cold hydration is still really important as well so you know crunching those numbers and yeah i know it's not long till the race but it's something you can start to do but then mm -hmm. in future races something that you can probably take that and learn uh, in the future as well to sort of get a gauge on that yeah that's great advice and the other key thing there is that the marathon starts at 10 30 after the mountain bikers have gone so that's a bit of a different one than than the last few years of Mototepe with with all the events back on the one day too so naturally that's going to make it a like for everybody not just the ones that are out there for a long time it's going to be a hot day out there isn't it like you're in there through the midday sun absolutely so you gotta actually think about what things physically you're doing as well obviously not just hydration but how are you going to keep the sun off your face do you need a wide brim hat do you need to get the old you know back flap of no hat no play situation like these are all the things you really need to consider <laughs> if it is uh really hot and how do you get that sun uh, off you from a actually exposure um perspective too yeah nice work good stuff hey what i thought might be quite good to do because those that are listening to this are going to be doing any one of six events including the kids run but the um if we could go through each event and see if you guys um have got a, a tip a nutrition tip for each event because they've all got their own sort of separate challenges so maybe we'll kick off with the udc finance miners trail so a lot of up it's, a, it's almost a thousand vertical meters i think um it's 15 k's but it probably acts more like a half marathon based on how long it actually takes depending on how good you are on those up and down so so first of all what of a, a nutrition tip for that event do you want to take a bit more? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Oh, I would say for that one, um, from the feedback I've heard, it's really important to get your race day breakfast in nice and early because from what I've heard, it's you're straight into it up that um, mm. sleep, steep slope, which is pretty um, brutal. So I think, yeah, making sure you have your breakfast even that three hours before, two to three hours before you start and just something really nice and easy to get down. Um 
yeah, don't leave it too close to the start start line. Good, that's great advice. Excellent, yeah, Conrad. Probably learning to consume on the up is probably a big one, and all managing your heart rate. I think a lot of people, if they get a chance to hike or hike fast, learn to eat during that time as well, uh, because it is going to be a long time. You know, your eight k's before you actually at the top of your of your peak and for, that could be two and a half hours you've really only got 45 to an hour's worth of stores in your body and you don't eat uh that second half of that climb is going to be pretty brutal so definitely learn to eat on the up as well and you're speaking of eating eating's hard would you would you just go for drinking or would you recommend some eating if we can oh it depends on what you you like as an individual like if you're right. someone that does like to just drink their calories be my guess if you're someone that really struggles with gels and you know that sweetness like we talked about before um you know you you, you just use what's um best for you but figuring out you know you might find that you want to hammer it down the hill so trying to faff around with food running downhill could be really mm. difficult so you might mm. find that gels might be more practical then plus they actually have potential to absorb a lot faster too so mm. it comes down to you as the individual but you know learning to eat and drink on the way up is a really good place to start yeah, good. And that old adage of don't try anything new on race day with a bit of luck. Um, so we don't land on our face on the way down. Um, good advice. The All Press Espresso Trail Marathon starting at 10.30 running through the valley. Uh, what's our advice for that one from a nutrition perspective? I think back to what um, something actually you taught me, Richard, um, and I took, uh, it's great advice is when you get to those aid stations, walk make sure you've got time to actually take on that nutrition. There's going to be obviously the pure there. There'll be M's power cookies or bars um, and selective flavors. So really take your time to walk. I know you um, said it's a good reset for your running um, position or stance yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah, get that nutrition down. If it's going to be a hot day, you obviously need more than anticipated potentially. So um, yeah, take your time, refuel before setting off to the next one. I believe there are approximately nine to ten kilometres apart the aid station, so there is a fair hike between the the different aid stations. Mm. But, it, but it is a good, yeah, it is a good, yeah, is a good uh, uh, you know, lo location-wise in your head to use it, not only as a stop to nutrition, but it's actually a good marker point. If you study the course before you go and you know that they are nine k's apart or whatever, it's pretty good tick off the old mentally to tick off the old head okay i'm one aid station down or <clears throat> get to the second one i'm now two aid stations down and just mentally reset at the same time as hydrating and eating nice conrad anything from you for the marathon yeah i love the aid station thing and i think that's quite valuable with obviously just refilling your, your stuff but actually repacking your bag sometimes as well it depends if you're going to try pull it off so you want to have things that are going to be accessible um at the front if you're only going to be using what you need at the front for the first aid station but if you you know you want to reset um you might do that at the halfway point at the third aid station which is almost at the peak as well so seeing what you're kind of how you're going to break the race down um also nutritionally how you're going to manage that because you might have your nutrition plan unless you got it in writing and nicely laminated you're probably not going to um, follow that very very well so having it in certain sections can be quite valuable to to strategize your plan and actually implement it for, for yeah, a race like 
That's very good. And it gets more important as it gets longer, which leads me to my next uh, question in regards to the, uh, the ultra run. It's getting pretty serious here. 52Ks, 2,496 metres of climbing. And uh, when I did it with uh, Jacob, one of our run coaches, I think we finished, we were the second to last team to finish at four hour, 14 hours and 30 minutes or 14 hours, something like that. So it could be a pretty big day. Uh, advice for a big day out like that. And I guess the winners are still doing it in seven, eight hours, something. So it's pretty big at the other end of the field as well. I would say um, just from the what, the feedback I've had, um, we've just been at the at an ultra this weekend and then obviously we had coast to coast recently as well. It seems like people are race day intensities higher than anticipated and higher than training and um, cramp seems to be a common theme um, amongst these runners doing these crazy long distances. So ensure that you are preloading on your electrolytes you're having plenty of salt within your meals the days leading up you're hydrating off the chart hydration like you can't go into a race dehydrated and expect to get through in any condition um and yeah just those electrolytes take more than you think you need have more on you plan for all outcomes i guess because nutrition plans don't always go to plan and they do have to change and pivot depending on what the day brings and how you're feeling and and things like that. And I'll quickly add before Conrad comes in, I think um, it's a good idea to have a reusable cup for any of the events so that you, a little squishy cup, um, will actually bring some down for the rego so that people you can refill on the aid stations as well and then not go into your hydropack um, stores. Mm -hmm. That's a great advice. Good stuff. Can I just ask a question? Can I overhydrate it? Like you talk about hydrating the day before and things, what's my chance of of overhydrating? Yeah, you can, uh, and we actually use that as a strategy and strategy and make weight sports in terms of water loading. Um, so you want to be what we call you hydrated, so it's at a balanced state, not just smashing back heaps of water for the sake of smashing back heaps of water. So uh, again, like if if you use a basic rule of thumb, I like to use thirty milliliters per kilogram of body weight. That's a really good starting point. And as long as you're weeing clear all day, um, but the best time to check your pee is first thing in the morning. If you're waking up really dark colored wee and you, and you feel like you're drinking enough fluid, one, you might need to drink more, uh, or two, you definitely need to incorporate some of those electrolytes. Um, that's general rule of thumb. So it's probably making sure you're adequately hydrated. But with what Mireya said is the utilization of sodium and electrolytes in particular can actually help with aiding the hydration and actually being up up. To, to that point, like I sort of mentioned before too. So um, bottom line is, yes, you can. Um, so it's actually just about being about balanced and hydration for sure. Mm -hmm. Nice. And uh, any specific advice around the ultra from you, Conrad? Yeah, I think the big one is recognise that the this third, uh, is it the third and the fourth aid station are a long way apart. It's a long time in between. And you're going to have to make sure, again, going back to your fluid strategies and actually map out how much that is. So taking two soft flasks at the front and expecting those to be valuable or get you through, it's probably not a good idea. So you might have to think, right, do I take a spare bladder in the back, carry that empty for the first half of it, then fill it up at A station C so that gets me through. So then you're one, not carrying the extra weight unnecessary for the first half of it, um, but then you can actually make sure you've got enough fluid on for that next next point as well. There are streams along the way, but you know, we don't you don't you may not know the course well enough to to warrant, you know, dipping into those too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. And the other piece of advice around that is is don't faff at the aid stations. They're a really great social spot, but 
but especially if you're down the back end of the field, it's just lost time and uh, people don't make it to the finish line. There's cutoffs. So yeah, get in, do what you need to do, but don't muck around for too long as well. Don't be do too much chatting while you're there, uh, just to make sure you can achieve your goals and get to the finish line. Um, let's roll on to the Mondraker Motatapu 47k mountain bike ride. So when you're doing the ultra, you look down into the valley and go, oh God, I'd much rather be on my mountain bike down where those guys are cruising past as you're way the hell up on the hill, knowing that you've got more ups and downs to go. Um, Marewa, advice for the mountain bike ride? Uh, my advice would be, I guess, cyclists are shockers for just getting stuck into the race momentum and not taking their time to be able to get their bottle out of their, their bike or whatever and actually fuel. So essentially make your fuel easy to get. Have it in a hydro pack. If you're going to use bottles on your bike, get free of other people to maybe have a drink where you feel safer Um yeah, you've got to put the effort in to get your nutrition. Otherwise, it's gonna um, you'll pay for it later in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great advice. And that's where a camelback can be really useful if you're just not going to reach for those drink bottles just because it's so much. You don't have to worry about putting them away as well. That's cool. And what about you, Conrad? Yes, and that's with the reminders on. So if you've got uh, watches and stuff, if you're using those, a lot of them got features now that have eat and drink reminders. So mm-hmm. you could set it that if you know you need to have a bottle every 45 minutes, that you set a reminder that every 45 minutes that have you drunk. Or if it's a it's a frequency thing, could be every 10. Um, you got to figure out how your fuel makeup is as well. So are you going to go all fuel in your bottle or you're going to be having stuff strapped to your bike as well to be able to rip, you know, Tape, duct taping gels down with just the lids and ripping them off and squeezing them in. You got to figure out your strategy and practice it. Um, if you aren't comfortable taking hand, hands off the handlebar, camel packs you go to. Um, and you might have to think about what fluid you're going to use to get the carbs in there as well. Yeah, good. That's that's fantastic. Um, and finally, the Mototapu Coronet Loop, 56Ks. Uh, it starts with an uphill and a pretty honest one as well, which again changes the requirements and changes the challenge in regards to our nutrition. Thoughts about that? Yeah, this is a tricky one. Um, It's quite a technical ride from what I've heard. So again, that fueling strategy, making it easy to fuel and um, potentially looking at what you're using for fuel. We're getting quite close to race, start of the race um, day now, but what, as Conrad said, maybe making sure your carbs and your fuel can be an all-in-one solution rather than five different types of nutrition. So yeah. Nice. Correct? Yeah, I think because it's such an undu- like undulating and technical course, it's almost like picking your times when give yourself a window of when you need to consume or when you're going to eat during these the race itself and try to almost pinpoint those spots to make sure you're getting what you need in. Um, so you're not getting caught out. You're like, we haven't eaten anything for, let's say, the whole uphill and then you're trying to hammer it downhill, then that's suddenly been an hour since you've last actually eaten or even drunk something. So mm. I think it's being really clear on your intent there. And again, benefits of having a bike, you can actually, rather than your bike computer, you could actually stick your little laminated thing down on the front there um, to, to remind you of this is where I need to hit and this is why. Yeah, that's good. And this is going to take a bit longer. It's 1,500 metres of climbing, uh, more ups and downs, more technical as well. So on the whole, the winner's time is going to be faster, but the average time is, uh, sorry, the winner's time is going to be longer. The average time is going to be longer too. So uh, that's where those aid stations might come into play as well to actually take your time to stop and refill, like you've said in the in the marathon, et cetera, to make sure you can make it to the next one and still have a smile on your face when you get to the end. 
yeah, and it's mapping out what your needs are going to be. And again, we've mentioned the camel pack on the back. You know, your bottles might only get you, uh, what, a litre and a half. And then in the back, you might be able to get two. So it's like, again, do you need both? Or is it, mm -hmm. what strategy do things fall out of your bottles? Who knows? You know, these are the things you've got to consider. What is your backup plan if that, that is the case on race day as well? Yeah, nice. That's awesome. Cyclists, um, tri cyclists traditionally um, can be terrible for t wanting less weight, so leaving maybe the camelback at home. But I think in the long run, it's worth that extra weight if it's going to get you through in a better shape. Yeah, that's great advice. And just as I said at the start, if you're prepared and you can keep hydrating and, and fueling your body well, you'll continue to finish stronger. And those that have gone lightweight early and gone really well early but fail fading it's really rewarding to be uh going well in the back end of the race it's probably about understanding nice. how long you think it's going to take too right so that's that that's also something we need to plan for is actually i need to look at the race and understand my own capabilities work backwards to go well it's probably going to take me this long and then uh probably work some how much fluid or how much nutrition i need to carry for one hour two hours four hours type sort of thing it's coming back to breaking your race day down similar to the the ultra marathon as well and giving yourself sections for that mm -hmm. fantastic and always Any plan other... for your race to take longer <laughs> yes that's yeah exactly <laughs> um and and i guess what are the backup plans what could possibly go wrong and it might be that uh that i've got this plan but then i might use the aid station as well if i need it depending on how i'm tracking um with that but any parting comments uh from you two guys in regards to nutrition or the modetapu in general enjoy oh, it <laughs> i've got a couple of nutrition ones that i think are awesome just to have in the back pocket and it's literally like a packet or a few packets of electrolyte tabs so if you get to an aid station they don't have electrolytes there you know that you're at least going to get some form of electrolyte in because just having water could be actually more detriment in a, in a hot race um and mm -hmm. so that's a really simple way again a little powder packet could be valuable for you as well um if you like a certain powder um you know you might not like super fruits and pineapples your flavor those little things go, go a long way. Um, and the other one is actually a little vial of pickle juice. I know people got cramp stop and spray and all that sort of stuff, um, but just a little vial of pickle juice can actually go a long way. Uh, we're working on something along those lines too. And gargling at 10 seconds, spit it out, and that should help with any cramp or anything along those lines. If you do get caught going uphill and the old leg tightens up, whatever race you might be doing. Yeah, good stuff. That's great advice. And uh, Angus, have you got any other questions since we've got these two experts sitting here in regards to your nutrition? Uh, well, all I'm going to say is, is that we have got, obviously, uh, Ray, we're here, pure sports, nutrition, and they are going to be the uh, on-course thing. But all I suggest is, is that train with what you're going to race on the day. And if it's not pure, then don't, you know, take take your sachet of whatever else it might be. And don't change your plan just because uh, they are the you know they are the race nutrition it, it, if you haven't if you haven't been using it don't try it on race days the old the old theory isn't it and don't be afraid to take whatever it is that that works for you good advice Perfect. good stuff you'll be Excellent. surprised how many people we see at the end of these types of events that were like oh i got stuck on course and i needed something and it was great so it's funny how sometimes it can get you through even if it's not your your number one choice yeah that's right <laughs> great have a backup plan nice work guys hey really appreciate your time and energy and thanks for that uh um giving some great insights and uh all the best for your next adventures and we'll catch up with you soon thanks guys thanks guys just, thanks, thanks. just like that nutrition
I, I was thinking about uh, your comment about aid stations that you uh, you know you need to get in, you need to get out, you don't need to socialise there all day, but it's important to get what? How many? Four high fives while you're there? Oh, I think it's, it probably depends on how many Ks do you through the event, really, doesn't it? Uh, it might need to be more. Uh, maybe in the minus trail, four is enough, but probably in the, ma- in the marathon, you probably need a couple more than that. So maybe up to six to seven, I think. Jeez. So if you miss a yeah. couple at the first one, you got, you're in That's a right. deficit before you get That's to the right. next? Yeah, generally, especially in a running race, you want a, and it gets quite challenging when you've got an off-road trail running race. There's not too many people out there, but uh, but one high five per kilometer that you run is a good uh, a good target to be shooting for. So, I mean, ten k's in, that's really up to nine and ten. So, I guess you've got to plan your strategy early and make sure you get it through. Even if you're on the start line, they still count. We joke about getting high fives, Richard, but it's a really important thing because it means you're enjoying the race, right? And that's why we're going. You've got to take in the scenery that is the Mototapo um, Valley through there and, you know, and forget about just being tunnel vision down the track and mm-hmm. take it in and share the share the joy with somebody else. And, and giving a high five is one of those ways just to rekindle that that uh, joy along the way. Something else, I, I, you know, something else I do know, we talk about whether you take a camelback or, um, you know, whether you can get two bottles on your bike. Some bikes won't allow, you know, if we're talking mm, about the, right. the bike ride. And some bikes, and mine's one of them, you can't get two bottles on it. I actually tend to run, uh, use two bottles. Uh, I have one in my back pocket normally. Mm. Um, bearing in mind that actually, just thinking about that, there's probably some compulsory gear we need to cart uh, on that mountain bike while on all of the events, actually. So you're probably going to have a yep. backpack on anyway. But yep. I'm just saying that I do use two bottles, one in my back pocket, but that is something you need to train with and get used to as well as having the that little bounce around in the back and then obviously the exchange from, from, from one to the other. And in fact, just also recently, I've actually moved away from uh, sort of a standard size bottle and running the 750 mil bottles now, obviously giving you, uh, you know, a litre and a half out of, out of two bottles. Mm, yeah, no, that's good. Uh, I guess it depends, as you say, like for someone at yourself at the front pointy end of the field, you're only going to take two hours and a bit. You can get through two bottles and that's going to be okay. But uh, for most of us normal humans, maybe we need a little bit more than that. So that's the other I thing think, to be aware of. I think you have con- me confused as the old me, mate. <laughs> probably, probably I hear there's a comeback on the cards. I, oh, I probably need to tie a little tanker behind me with a, <laughs> you know, maybe a St. Bernard with a little drum around it. <laughs> maybe just take, take Rita and she can bring your drink bottles for you. Well, I could, well yeah. maybe you could carry them for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, always carrying you. I'm always carrying you. It's about time uh, you carried something for me. Listen to this. I think we should move on. Uh, Gemma, the uh, race director from Monotapu, we've got her on the show and really having a looking forward to having a bit of a chat to Gemma around uh, I guess how we're shaping up how's race day what are we looking forward to what are the things that we need to be aware of to make sure that we can have Yo, Jim, sorry. No, I think the captain, I'll tell you what's happening is the captain has actually muted himself and now he's disconnected Crikey, he's leaving, that's a bit of pressure he's leaving it just Great to you start. Hey, how are you? Hey look, I yeah, just want to say that Good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Um, obviously, you're the race director for this, but I, I just want to praise, I guess, race directors and anybody involved in events. You've actually just come from helping with the Coast to Coast. You're deeply involved there as well, and and then you've got to flick over and run your own event and things. There's a, a, people don't realise how much goes on in putting one of these events together. Yeah, there's a, a fair few things go on behind the scenes, as you know, organising Team CP at Coast, so... Yeah, we've been pretty busy recently. Yeah, yeah, but all in all, we're shaping up. How are we shaping up? What's what's happening there on your from your perspective? 
Well, apparently it's going to be a cracker day, so looking forward to that. <laughs> so we've just, and I'm pleased we've established that early because you know there yeah. is still there is still time to enter this uh, this motor tap of events. So now that everybody knows that the weather's sorted, it's going to be a banger. Everybody can can get their last minute entries in there. Yeah, jump on, jo join in for the cracker day. So we've definitely got spots in all our events, including. Uh, the e-bike in the 47k Mondraker ride, which last year was a sellout on the e-bike, but we've still got spots in there. So, um, yeah, across all fields, we've got we've got space. So I encourage you, if you haven't already, sign up and have a great day out, out in the sun, apparently. Yeah, absolutely. You get one chance a year to do this through, well, the Coronet Peak Loop's a, a slightly different thing, but but for the majority of these events, you all get one chance to do this a year. Don't miss it. It's it's stunning. And like uh, like Marewa said, uh, if you the finish line is amazing. But to get to the finish line, you've got to start really to earn to earn that uh, spot on the green and that cold beer. Uh, yeah, you really need to get toe toe the line. Yeah, yeah, we are pretty lucky to have access to this um, amazing part of the world, and it is as you say only open for, for race day to get through the valley from Glendu Bay to, to Arrowtown. So we've got six different events, but they all finish in the green in Arrowtown, which obviously creates an amazing atmosphere at that finish line with everyone converging down to the green. And great that, uh, you know, you're able to have that facility there at the finish line to, you know, have that park to roll into every year is is great for the local community and great that the 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 district get in get in behind it all yeah totally we have a great um council down here and locals that get in behind it and we have a huge number of volunteers obviously that come from the local community and um get in behind the race and sort of claim their spots out on course which is which is great so they're familiar with the event and um they see the familiar faces every year running past or biking past as well which is cool Captain, you're back. He's back. He's back. I'm not sure what happened there. Sorry about that. It was a fantastic intro until it wasn't. Um, you, you, were, you were just clearly just away filling your entry form in, were you? Yeah, I was actually. I just uh, finishing that one, pushing send. Absolutely. Have you any athletes to watch out there, Gemma? Um, is there any, any on in particularly events that you're like, oh, that's going to be a good race? Yeah, there's a few names in there, but I, I probably must say that, you know, we're about everybody and it's about celebrating everybody's wins, um, not just the pointy end of the field but um yeah there are a few names there we've got um so the, i'll probably go through each event and say a few yeah, names cool. so yeah. on the coronet loop we've actually got kim Hurst back she was a guest earlier in the yes. series and she was the inaugural winner female champion of the loop so she's back and actually i think the next guest on here maria laurie she's coming down and i'd say she's probably probably going to challenge kim on the loop um well. So that'll be an interesting we tussle at the front of the field for the female riders. Um, and I've had word that Sam Shaw is keen to come back on the loop. Oh. So he won last year's race. And to be honest, the time he posted last year, I couldn't believe it. He was so fast on the loop. Um, I think he was like 10 or 15 minutes ahead of anybody. Like, that, so that'll, that'll be, be the cool. Big, big shorts he was wearing probably. All right. Um, in the forty seven K we've got Reef back. He won it last year, so he's a local, so he mm. obviously knows the trail pretty well. So he's back. And we've got a few riders from um from Mondraker actually. Mondraker sponsored riders are gonna 
um, give it a crack. So we've got Levi Gear, um, and he's been riding really well. So interested to see how that plays out with um, Reef's local knowledge. Um, I did spot on the list today that actually Nathan Cohen's um, in the 47K, but he did pull out a coast because of an injury, so I'm just not sure if he is going to be on that start line or not, but I'm sure he'll have um, some strong legs going through there. Um, and one of our big names for the Miners' Trail is um, Daniel Jones. Oh, well, the Miners' Trail. you know that name. Daniel Jones. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he's going for the Miners' Trail. So wow. I'd say the, the course record will be getting challenged with All him. On That'll be blown about. He'll be just like a mountain goat straight up the hill. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I think a few locals, when um, they realised he was coming, might have been thinking, ah, oh, they were going to have a win on the minor trail, but I'm not, I'm not sure now with Dan coming down. Well, they should all enter the mix. just a few names. or something, then. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and one other name I want to mention um, is John Fry and he's doing the marathon and he's done every marathon at Maratapu. Wow, that's which I think is coming up to 17. There are some very good knees to be still good running a marathon, yeah. 17 marathons later, like 17 later in general, but obviously that's over the course of 17 years. So so uh well done him. Yeah, so um I was looking through to see how many of our regulars were coming back and I spotted John in there, so it'll be cool to see him come across that finish line. For I'll have to check the stats actually 17 or 18. It's amazing, yeah, isn't fantastic. it? That is very plus, plus all the other marathons that he probably does in between times. Yeah, go, John. <laughs> so, what have you got on? You've got a bit on the next uh, week or two. What, what are some of the key things that you're doing, um, Gemma? Uh, well, our team's starting to grow, so that's always a fun time of the year for us so our delivery teams coming on board and starting to get out on course and do course checks course marking and then race week obviously we're starting to build our finish line and really all just starts to happen now all the planning's sort of done and parked and it's time to get stuck in and get stuff done really yeah the fun stuff that's that's awesome yeah. it's starting to come together yeah and um the courses i've been out on most of the courses in the last few weeks and um, I, I have to say the grass section is still in the valley, uh, yeah, um, but it has been mowing already. It's been, it's been mowing. Mowing. And then I saw it and then the farmer, I've got the farmer out there. He's so kind to us. He got out there and he's mowing it and he sent me some photos. I need to go and check it, but it's looking good. So it'll have time that the grass gets blown off so it won't be slippery. Good. Maybe good. we need to put like, maybe we need to put like, an extra dollar or two dollars in everybody's entries, and we could buy some sheep. <laughs> Just post them up and there. Yeah, but then you'd have to get the sheep poo off as well, wouldn't you? So you'd have to get some. Uh, uh, maybe true, you just hit up with a rake, or maybe just do some scissors, or get your lawnmower up there, Angus. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you could no, spend two no, weeks in there with a lawnmower. <laughs> well, exactly. you must have some sort of good clipper going on there, Richard, because you've just saved your moustache off disappointingly. So you must have some clippers somewhere that are yeah, yeah, I probably that could are do that, that have got that have got need use. <laughs> yeah, no, they, that would be that'd be perfect. I'll head up there with my clippers. That'd be good. That's no trouble at all. Um, Gemma, have you got a favourite spot on the course? Like, obviously, it's great to hear that you get out and sort of mm. suss out the different courses and sort of check them out, see what sort of state they're in. 
have you got one or two sort of key spots you're like yeah this is pretty cool where i get to go and hang out and um prepare this for others i've got a bit of a soft spot for aid station three in the main valley um mainly because i was a volunteer on there in one of the early years uh so I camped in overnight and did the volunteering in another aid station so it's i've always got a soft spot for aid station three um and i reckon on the miners trail coming out of the aid station you've got a still a reasonable climb heading out of the aid station and then you just come over the crest of the hill and it just opens up to the wakatipu valley and i reckon that's just epic when you see that because you feel like you're way in the back country and you just pop over and you go oh wakatipu basin and i think that's epic yeah awesome what about you richard what's your favorite spot out there Oh, like I actually have to say that when I did the Modotepo Ultra, I had a really good time doing that up in those up in those hills. When mm. you were, oh, was it the final peak? Um, I'm not exactly exactly sure where we were looking down the Arrow River, something like that. It was Aye. pretty amazing. It was probably a low point when I was looking down to the Modotepo Valley. When, as I said before, seeing all the mountain bikers cruise off, saying, "Oh, I'd much rather be on my mountain bike." But uh, yeah, just up on the tops on those on that those clear days are just absolutely amazing, and and uh, pretty thankful to to be there i'd go back and do it again just for the views up there it's pretty amazing still time to sign up there's still time to sign up just which one just which one <laughs> do them all do them all yep excellent Gemma. any other advice for those that are looking to turn up for race day um so i'd say to everybody we have got six events on the one day so make sure you're entered in the correct event um that you think you're doing and check your start time and where your start location is. Every mm. event is slightly different and where they're starting um, and they're all different start times. So check your details for your race and get into the right location. And every event does have compulsory gear that you have to carry. I know you guys, we've been talking about nutrition and carrying your fluid and your nutrition needs and you also have to carry compulsory kit as well and every event is slightly different they've all got their lists on the website so make sure you go check them out got what you need and pack it uh and, and pack it well so it's comfortable when you're running or, or you're riding um if you're a biker i would also highly recommend getting your bike serviced before race day um there's not an official bike check as such however we do have a list of requirements that you bike should be at a certain level and i think it's always good get it serviced before you race and given the nature of uh, Montatapu, we've got quite a few river crossings uh, in the arrow river coming into the finish line which are great and welcomed on a nice hot day as apparently it's going to be um you'll want to get a bike service booked in afterwards as well um, yeah, with all that water being yeah. uh, as you're rolling through it, and the great advice, like that, must be the one main reason why people don't actually finish the mountain bike race because their bike doesn't do what it's supposed to do. They break chains, they break stuff, and therefore they can't actually finish the bike ride. And you've 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 put all that effort to train to get there to travel there, and then your blooming bike doesn't work. So just having a service and giving a little bit of love to your bike makes a massive yeah. difference, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. And um, while we try and have a few roaming mechanics to help out on course, mechanics are pretty hard to come by these days. Um, mm. So people need to be prepared to fix their own issues. So you need to be able to change your own tyre. Um, you'll have all that. It's part of your compulsory kit to have a toolkit. So please know how to use it. And 
if you don't know how to change your tire, you've still got time to learn. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, you have still got time to learn. That's that's fantastic. And fix a chain from all that horsepower you're going to put down going up those hills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, um, um, are we still – you'll have, obviously, because we're starting in Glendu, finishing in, in Arrowtown. How's our shuttle system looking for this year? Uh, so for the events that start in Glendu Bay, we've got um, buses that run from either Queenstown, Arrowtown, and Wanaka to the start line. So you can book those all on the website. Um, for the marathon athletes – there's services from Queenstown and Arrowtown. However, we've got a free service out of Wanaka because there's no private vehicles to be driven to the marathon start line. Um, so if you're not booked on one of the Arrowtown or Queenstown buses, we automatically assume you're getting on the Wanaka bus. Mm-hmm. That's how it sort of works. Fantastic. Can, can I still book? If I've put my entry in, can I still go on there and book? Yep, and we'll take transport bookings up until about 48 hours out of, from the race. So... But get yourself organised because some of the seats, especially for those mountain bike seats, there's limited capacity um, with all the vans and trailers heading over. So make sure you know how you're getting to your start line um, and, and get those booked in. And just as importantly, in reverse, at the end of the day, are we... If we yeah, there's if, services going all over the show at the end of the day. Well, not all over the show, I shouldn't say that. Wanaka, <laughs> Queenstown. And um, we always have a few um, athletes that maybe take a wee bit longer than what they expected on course our team's there right till the end of the day and we've been known to do to do drop off so we'll make sure you get home at the end of the day and what about the one last one uh because you know richard's a bit of a high roller can i get a helicopter service? <laughs> <laughs> actually we had a competition recently for a heli to the start line and we're going to do another one as well because we've got another two seats to um to give away, so yes, potentially. <laughs> good, lock me in. It's good. Yeah. So how you do I enter first? You got to enter first, mate. Yeah, I got to enter. So how do I enter the draw? Or is it just a draw of the hat for the helicopter? The last one we did like that, and I haven't decided on how to do the next two seats. So ideas welcome. <laughs> CP Media Team helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> Entertain your mates. Entertain your mates. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Hey, have you got anyone to thank, Gemma? There's a fair bit involved in bringing an event like this together. There's lots of moving parts, and uh, I'm sure there's a there's a bit of um, sleep that you're going to miss out on the next uh, week or two. Um, the list is the list is massive. Um, but probably first of all is actually the athletes that are entering these races. Um, without you guys, we wouldn't have the races. So. Thanks to the people entering. Please continue to to enter. Um, thanks to the volunteers to make it happen. We are really lucky that we get a lot of returnees um, and they sort of claim their spots on the courses yeah. and they tell us how they're going to do their job, which is epic. <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> um, yeah, which is great. Um, and the crew that work on it, obviously, yeah, there's a lot of hours and a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes and the sponsors. Um yeah, I mean, the, the list goes on. And obviously the landowners, because without these guys um, mm-hmm. opening access, um, especially the Motatapu station, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we wouldn't have the event coming through, um, the spectacular part of the country, really. 
Yeah, good stuff. Well done, Gemma. Absolutely love your work, and uh, you put a lot of effort into this to make this event the the top notch event that it is. So, um, all the best for the next couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, there's going to be a whole bunch of war stories and adventures being had by by thousands of people out there. So, well done for helping to initiate those adventures and people getting out off the couch and then challenging themselves. So, well done. Thanks, guys. Now, sorry, what start line are you guys heading to? I'm definitely fizzed up, but uh, Angus, I think he's talking about riding his bike pretty fast. So, look, there's the helicopters. Let's just go back to the helicopters. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that's just making well, you've got to be here before you have the chance it, to win. Does it leave from Christchurch? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just ask. <No. laughs> All Sorry, right, no. so. It's well, <laughs> Oh, there's still time to enter is what I heard, Richard. There's still time to enter there, mate. Yeah, still time to enter. And uh, there's helicopter rides on the cards as well if you do enter. So, um, yeah, no, looking yeah, forward to sense. looking forward to being involved in, and, uh, yeah, have a, yeah, all the best for all those competing for the next couple of weeks to get prepared and get organised. Awesome. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks, well Gemma. done, Gemma. Love your work. Talk See soon. Ya. Good stuff. So we've got one final guest coming up, haven't we? Maria Laurie. She's been out racing her mountain bike today. She's raced back home again in a heck of a hurry. And uh, I think she's sitting in the studio waiting to be put into the podcast. Here she is, Maria. And she's got cool. Hey. There she is. Hey, Good, thanks. Yeah, how are you guys? Good, now, That's commitment hey. for the podcast, right? Like, Yeah, uh, what can I say? Hey, race, race your mountain bike, drive all the way home, uh, hey, good. Thank you very much for coming on. Yep. No Get problem. it into the driveway, and here she is. So yeah. you just got back from another round of the New Zealand Mountain Bike Series, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's Which right. Was the last, we all... It was the last national round in Picton. Awesome. How'd it go? It was, it was real fun. I got second elite, which was good. Um, yeah, nice. It was pretty cool because I've not ridden in Picton before, and they actually have some really cool tracks, so it was real fun. Cool. And, and actually, cool, they cool. were riding in Picton because – that was supposed to be in Blenheim, wasn't it? And they had to move. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fire risk in Blenheim. So, mm. yeah, it was actually cool. Yeah. Brilliant. Well done. Well done. Uh, so give us a bit of background. Tell us a bit about your mountain biking story. How did you get involved in it? Obviously, you're riding your bike pretty fast at the moment. Um, tell us a, tell us your story of how you got in, got to the point of where you are at the moment. Um, I guess my parents have always been real outdoorsy and into biking and stuff so I was probably forced into it from quite a young age and I didn't really like it that much um but I guess I started to enjoy it when I got around 10 or 11 or 12 and then yeah I just had some fun riding with my friends and then I started racing properly when I was in like 2021 mm -hmm. and training around that and then I guess yeah now just doing quite a lot of training quite a lot of racing it's been good yeah good stuff what do you enjoy most about Right, racing your mountain bike. Racing, um, I quite like the intensity. I'm, I don't know, it's quite fun having competition when you're racing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just like, oh, it's obviously like real technical. You've got to have good technical skills, but then you've also got to be pretty fit. So mm -hmm. it puts that both together, and it's cool. Yeah, good, good stuff. Fun. That's awesome. Um, so you're lining up for the Monotepu Coronet Loop. Is that correct? Yep. Have you ridden yeah, it before? No. no. <laughs> so that awesome. was my first time around it wow excellent excellent and what's the goal for the event um 
I've had a wee look at the like past times, I guess, because it's only ha- happened once. Yes. Um, I guess just I was looking like around the three hour thirty mark or so. Not really yep. sure, but yep. see how we go. Just go out, have fun. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> what are you What are you most looking forward to for race day? Um, I think probably the views. I look at some photos and it looks pretty awesome. So I think mm. it'll be a pretty cool way to get around that kind of area of Arrowtown. It looks really cool. You are Does in for a spectacular be- day. Yeah, it looks like if the or weather's few, good. Or a few hours in yeah. your case. A few hours, hopefully. Hopefully just a few hours. Yeah, no, nah, it, it'll be cool. It does beg the question, though, when you're only out there for a few hours, like you're sort of talking about, um, do you have time to even look up, look at the scenery? It doesn't feel like you're going to have no. much time for that. You've got to have to take it in at some point, but you've got to pay attention to what you're riding as well. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully balance that out, not right off the track. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah. So if you are riding off the track, that probably means you're enjoying yourself too much and looking at the view too much. Yeah, exactly. The views will just be that good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> good stuff. Um, have you got some key things? I'm quite keen to get a bit of insight of you as a as a high-end athlete racing a mountain bike. What are some things yeah. that you do to try and prepare, I guess, in that last 24 hours? It's a time that you can really make a difference to how you, what shape you're in um, standing on the start line. What are some last-minute things you try and do to to make sure in the best possible shape that you can be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess making sure you have a good meal the night before, mm-hmm. so you're feeling ready to go. What's your go-to I always, meal? Uh, it's probably chicken and rice. Yep. <laughs> or spag bowl. <laughs> pretty basic. <laughs> yep. Because often you're travelling to a race, so you've got to have something that's pretty easy to cook up in a little kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then I'll probably go through and make sure my bike's running as it should be, because sometimes things pop up the night before, and you really want to be sorting it out then rather than the morning of. Yeah, nice. So it's a wee um, bike it up and down the street kind of thing, is it? Just make sure the gears yeah, are rolling and it's all clean. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, give it a wee clean if you've been doing practicing prior to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I guess just getting everything ready the night before is a big component to make sure you're not too rushed or nervous in the morning. Mm-hmm. And just like getting out your kit, getting out your food that you're going to eat in the race and your hydration and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I guess for a bigger race like the Mortar Tuffer one, I'd be looking at the map of the course so I know where I'm going and what to expect in the race which is good nice I don't know, just yeah, go ready cool. to go yep awesome awesome um and part of that is pre-race nerves um everyone deals with them slightly differently some people are affected by them differently both good and bad how do you manage that for yourself you've stood on a few start lines now you're not particularly old but you've you've done a bit of racing <laughs> how do you manage your pre-race nerves especially when it really matters and I want to do well here? yeah yeah they're not so bad now but again it's just like making sure you're got everything ready the night before so I get a bit stressed in the race morning so as long as I can limit the amount of stress that I have that morning the night before then it makes it a bit easier I guess there's not much you can really do about it just like listen to some good music or something is generally what I do yeah nice keep it simple yeah Yeah, just like make a wee plan of what you're doing race morning just so if you get lost you're like well I need to start my warm-up at this time and I need to be at the course start at this time Mm -hmm. yeah that's really good advice is it takes the thinking out of out of yeah. what you need to do because I just need to do this, 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 and this, yeah. and then I'll get to yeah, the start line at the right time. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Uh, we talked earlier in the podcast about the fact that, like, in the current loop, the start is like straight up. You're straight into it. There's nowhere to hide. And I yeah. think uh, from feedback from others last year, they blew themselves to bits because they got too keen, tried to keep up with others, and had a horrible day cramping later on. But how will you look to ride off the start line? How will you pace yourself over the course? Have you got a bit of an yeah. idea about that? definitely done that before you start too hot and then you especially in longer races because I'm definitely used to like the XC like 90 minute 
max races where you you can maintain that for a bit for the whole race sometimes yeah but in longer races i've definitely blown up in the first 20 minutes and then spent the whole race paying for it but i mean when everyone's starting together there's not much you can do about a fast start mm -hmm. so i always start fast whether or not i intend to but then i think what i've learned is that just making sure you're eating really consistently after that is quite good in terms of stopping yourself from blowing up because you can start off really fast for the first 30 minutes and forget to eat at all and then you've blown up because you're hungry and yeah. tired so yeah i'll start fast because you always end up starting fast but trying to eat while i'm starting fast i guess is the main yeah, point yeah cool cool so it's a bit of a positioning thing as well on your mountain bike you don't want to be mm. behind too much traffic either with that that exactly. affects your day too yeah you can start out trying to pace yourself but in reality everyone's going to be up ahead of you Yes. Is, I mean, I guess it's good morale if you're passing people the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great way to think about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, have you got a couple of tips for others lining up for this Modotipu mountain bike event uh, or a mountain bike event in general? Some key tips to, to make sure you perform to your potential and enjoy your day and have a good one out there. Yeah, I guess just planning ahead is always really important and knowing what you're in for. If it is like an XC race, you can do a wee recon of the course and know what you're going to do. And then, yeah, making sure you're ready, making sure your bike's ready, just taking enough food and water out there, Yeah, I guess. Is, and just trying to have fun, I guess, is the most important thing. Yeah, nice. anyway, about, having fun. What about a pro tip on tyre pressure? What what sort of tyre pressure? pro tip on tyre pressure? Oh, I run them quite hard, I, in my opinion, but I go like 22 front and back for any two PSI. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or by feel, generally. Yeah, yeah, but if I, oh, yeah, <laughs> tubeless yeah, or tubes? Yeah, definitely tubeless for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, taking out, I guess, some CO2 canisters out on course will be the go for next weekend. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. And and that whole fun factor, I've been, a few events recently, I've been sort of dealing with that in my head. It's like, is this actually fun? Yeah. I'm not sure if this is fun at yeah. all. Like, we, how, what makes it fun for you? Like, how, like, because it's not fun sometimes, is it? It's hard and no. it's, it's not particularly comfortable either. No, sometimes it is fun. I had a race a few weeks ago and I was riding and I was like, it was really hard, but I was like, this is really fun. I'm having a really good time. But then yeah. a lot of the time, you're not actually having that much fun. But I guess the competitive part is pretty fun when you're like trying to work out how far you've got on someone or how far they've got on you. Yep. And then just like, trying to go as fast as you can on decents is always pretty fun. Yes, but then yes, half yes. the time, it's just how it feels afterwards when you're done. That's the funnest yeah. part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that type <laughs> two kind of thing. Yeah. yeah and yeah. It's, I get that point that you're in the flow. You're so concentrating on what you're doing right now. That's actually kind of fun, isn't it? Like you're just so involved yeah. into it and concentrating just that stuff. That's kind of fun. Yeah, like it's not necessarily fun, but you're so focused on what you're doing and that's like a quite a fun feeling, I suppose. Yes, yes, yes. Good, yeah. good, good. Yeah, well done, well done, excellent. Um, cool. Any anything else to share? Anything else to add, Maria? Oh, from you? No, for me, I'm not really sure. I guess just get out there and have a good time. If you're racing in a few weeks' time, two weeks. Excellent, and it's yeah. just going to be a great big adventure. And uh, good I on you so. for just turning up and having a crack at it and and uh, yeah. and having some fun. That's awesome. Yeah, hopefully it goes well. It's the end of a oh a big racing block because we've got a busy summer here. Yeah, so it'll be good. <laughs> Yeah, have you got stuff. other? Have you got other uh, peers that are going as well, or are you are you sort of going um, to this on your own, or are, are the rest I of your normal I'm, competition showing up? I think I'm just going down. I don't really know that too many people heading down. 
I guess it's the weekend after nationals, so a few people might be taking a wee break. But mm-hmm. no, I think and I'll so be, be down on my own. You're, already, you're actually already under nineteen uh, cyclocross champion. Um, yes. So are we are we what are we looking for actually at at national champs? Are you going to add a second jersey? Um, well, I've just moved up to under twenty three, so potentially under twenty three, but I'm not too sure. Mm. I doubt. I don't think I'd have much of a chance in the elite field, but we'll just see how we go. Good stuff, right? Speaking of competition, I also need to ask. You mentioned your mum and dad sort of got you into this, which you didn't really enjoy back in the old days. But are they coming down to Maratapu, and are you going to beat them? Um, as far as I know, I don't think they are coming. Okay. I could conv- I could do a bit of convincing and see if my dad's keen. Um, nice. And I guess that would be a wee race out there. Um, he does a lot better on the longer distance stuff, so <laughs> we'll okay, see how okay, we go. Okay, okay. that's that's yeah. good. Maybe we need to make some phone calls. Yeah, sounds I might like have he to. definitely needs an entry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good awesome. stuff, Maria. Hey, th- thank you so much for joining us. All the best uh, for the national series, the, the national, um, the big final yeah. in a couple of weeks' time, and then also Monotapu as well. Uh, go well. Thank you very much for joining us and sharing some insights, awesome. and we'll catch up with you soon. Sweet. Thanks so much. See ya. Good job. Thanks, thanks for Bye roaring on. back to beyond, Maria. Really appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Easy. Thanks. See ya. Look at that. Our future champions, uh, Richard Greer. The, the young, the young that we can no longer keep up with. No, that's right. It's it's, it's tough, isn't it? When <laughs> I'm sure they get faster and faster, opposed to us getting slower, though. It's, that, that's what happens, isn't it? Were you that quick back then? Do you reckon in that age? Uh, no, I wasn't that quick back then. Not at all. No. <laughs> the skill level, the skill level, the technical mm. level of 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 our youth today is just incredible, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it looks like no fear, but it's not no fear. It's just that they're incredibly skilled and uh, and. Um, yeah, I guess we know how much it hurts when you actually fall off. So maybe we're not pushing the boundaries as much as what we should be. <laughs> it's funny to say that I actually walked a section today. I looked at it and quite rocky, ran out the other side there in Christchurch here. And I actually got to a section and dismounted and walked it and thought, you know what, I just I just don't need this right now. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Because it's going to take you six weeks to actually recover from that. So right now, let's just get down in one piece. We don't need to don't need to um, be a hero. And, and there is actually a couple of spots. Uh, so a couple of little creek crossings early on in the in the main motor tapu race. And there's mm-hmm. obviously the Soho descent, which can be a, a tricky descent depending on the weather. Although it's going to be a fabulous day, so that's mm-hmm. probably going to make that okay. But is actually a wee tricky descent down into there, and and uh, and you know it's always nice to try and ride all of those river crossings. But I've seen some pretty wet people along the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> it might have exactly. been better just to walk occasionally. Yeah, that's right. And it just goes back to your goals. What are you actually trying to do out of getting achieving this event? Is it, do I want to be competitive? Do I want to try and do a particular time? Or do I actually just want to get round in good shape and have a smile on my face for the whole day? So so I think you just got to remind yourself of that when the red mist is coming down and you get a bit sort of taken up, swept up in the whole event as well, just to remind yourself to, first of all, you've got to finish and get there in one piece is, is number one, isn't it? Yeah. I think here's, here's what everybody needs to do. If you're not entered, you need to enter. If you are entered, you need to tell your mates and all the guys you guys and girls you go riding with on a Saturday or running with or whatever it might be and go, hey, let's put 20 bucks on this and get everybody else entered in and have, have your own internal competition or something and all get down to the Mototapu in March because it is a fabulous, fabulous event. Um, yeah, that 
that that needs supporting. Uh, yep, and like that that is a- early, one shot a year, you get you get this. Absolutely, and and just a great weekend, just a great weekend away as well. It uh, doesn't it? It's a it's a great event, but facilitates a great weekend. So, so go and uh, go and line up, go and have an awesome time, enjoy the Motatapu, fantastic event, and it's been awesome uh, bringing some stories and sharing uh, what a great event this Motatapu is with everyone out there. Don't forget, there's a helicopter ride on up for grabs. I'm quite <laughs> partial right. to the helicopter ride, Richard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, big thank you to Gemma, Marewa, Conrad, and Maria for joining us this evening. I really appreciate taking the time, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at the event very soon. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, and good luck in March. Good luck when you tow the start line. Uh, congratulations when you get across the finish line. Uh, yeah, go get it. Cheers, Dave.